Hello and welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. This is episode two with your host, Chris Downs. I am the most reliable source I know, and I'm here with my good friend, Giorgio Venosa. Giorgio, say hi. How you doing, guys? Giorgio, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself right now? Where are you coming from? Uh, living in Aurora, Ontario. Been uh, been here for about 12 years. Uh, going out to school at uh, Bishop's University. I'm entering my third year as of August 7th, starting football training camp. All right, and uh, what brought you onto the podcast today? You know, I uh, I heard the first episode, I absolutely loved it, and I thought I could bring some talents here, have a couple debates with you, and yeah. just have a good time. Well, we're definitely glad to have you here. So I know uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about football, because uh, you listened to the last episode, and me and Connor were talking a little bit about football, sports here and there, and I wanted to get your opinion, since you are a CIS player, uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience at Bishop's University. What do you play over there? Um, I've been playing a little bit of guard. Last couple of games, I was playing center. Uh, pretty uh, pretty tough, I'm not going to lie. I've been playing football for the last seven years now, and uh, going from a high school system to a university system is crazy. Yeah. And now, now we're playing a whole different system. It's a more pro-style system. And honestly, like I thought a quarterback had to be smart. As a U-sports center... At the university level, it's it's crazy. You got to have just as much brains as a quarterback. Yeah, I think people overlook the linemen, especially as uh, not a very you know intellectual type of player. Like they think that you know you just get up there, you look at the guy in your front in front of you, and you're either blocking him or you're trying to get past him. But it's definitely more than that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's so much more than that because, especially as a center, you have to be able to read everything. You have to be able to read what the quarterback is seeing and what the tendency of the defense are. Some games you're going to have a front seven and you know there's going to be a linebacker. If the, if we line up in one certain formation, there's going to be a linebacker coming down right at us. So we're going to have to account for him. We're going to have to account for numbers in a running scheme and a blocking scheme. So it's uh, it's pretty tough. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it, you got to be really smart to play it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and actually, for those of people who don't know, uh, you and I actually used to play football back together in yeah. uh, in high school. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, I was never fortunate enough to take it to the next level, uh, but yeah, we had some good times back in the day at SMK. Oh, some of the greatest times that yeah. uh, that season we went right to the championship game. First year yeah. as a senior team. Yeah. An uh, inaugural well, season. It was good. It was a good season. I mean, we didn't. Uh, not much of a Cinderella story. We didn't end up taking home the the championship, but you know it was a good hard fight right until the end. Oh yeah, well we only we all, we were only able to dress eighteen guys. Was we're it that little? I thought yeah. it was more than that. Oh no, it was it was only eighteen. We had twelve players on offense, and I remember coach saying, if anyone were to get hurt, I think you had to, you were playing offense. Uh, yeah, I played defense. I was defensive specialty, but I played. I subbed in on offense quite a bit. I think if you were to get injured, yeah. We would have had to play with 11 guys on both offense and defense. No way. Yeah, I remember Coach talking to me after the season, going into the next season. He's like, yeah, like you don't realize it because oh I wasn't really as big of a part of the team at that point. I was just right. the left left tackle. But yeah. he told me, he's like, yeah, we were we were down numbers. I had no idea that we were that close to like barely putting together a team. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember um, there was one formation that we had to run, and if – the, the the defense was smart enough to realize if one of our running backs was in, it was going to be a run. If the other mm-hmm. one was in, it was going to be a pass. Yeah. And that like yeah. that's that's how few guys we had. It was yeah. just it was so tough. And honestly I think that was kind of our downfall in the end is uh the other team I think they picked up on that. And they oh. saw that, you know, if they uh the defense just we couldn't get anything out. 
Oh, absolutely. They saw that if we had one running back in this formation and the other in another, they knew what was pass and what was run. Yeah. It's it's and, tough. Uh, that was just the numbers just not playing in our favor there. But I mean, we put up a good hard fight. I can't believe we made it to the finals in oh. inaugural season. Oh, absolutely. We we were scrapping together numbers. And I remember right. at the beginning of the season, everyone yeah. everyone wanted to play, and then three weeks in, a bunch of guys like I feel like there was some kids on the team who'd never even played football. Before. Oh no, there were there were multiple guys that weren't playing that had never played football before. Yeah, they just wanted to come out and have a good time. Yeah, and there were there was a handful that had a bit of experience before and tried to tried to make the bet the team the best that we possibly could. Well, it was a real band of misfit toys. Oh, <laughs> oh big time. Oh, big time. Um, what's that movie? Like the uh, it's a Christmas movie and oh. is it it's like when Rudolph it's like claymation or something? Oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is it is it, 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 just, it, it is just the generic Rudolph the Red-Nosed yeah, Reindeer. Yeah, and he goes to like the land of misfit toys. That yeah. was our that was our football team. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Um, but let's talk a little bit more about where you're at. You're at Bishops. You said you were playing center. Um, you know, or sorry, I know that you're going back to camp in, uh, in about a week's time. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you have in the store. Maybe give us a little bit of an, an inside sneak peek at what that's like. Oh man, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. <laughs> imagine a full-time job mm-hmm. on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm. What, um, what drug, if you had to classify it, what drug would this full-time job be a on? copious amount of Molly. <laughs> You're going to be flying high. Like lots of highs and lows. Oh, absolutely. You're once okay. you're going to be getting into your practice, you're going to be at a high. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to hit your meetings and want to just crash. Yeah, I feel that. But like our days are at 7 a.m., we're going to be reporting for breakfast. And mm-hmm. if anyone's not there, if anyone's late, you're going to run. Mm-hmm. After that, we have a little bit of a... Walk through a little, uh, little pre-practice kind of thing just to get our legs warm. We'll yeah. have a little break. Then we're gonna go out for about a two and a half hour practice. After that, you can either decide to hit the ice baths and take a late lunch, or just go straight to food. Mm-hmm. After that, we're in various meetings. We're in special teams, offense, defense meetings. We're watching film. We're mm-hmm. correcting film. We're seeing what we can do better. We're and that's that right there for. Those of you that don't know, mm-hmm. it takes about four hours out of your day. Yeah, like you're in, you're sitting down. It's like it's like it's like a lecture, but worse mm-hmm. because yeah. you're just getting ripped on the whole time. Yeah, literally, it's like they point to you on the screen and they go, "See this? You fucked up. <laughs> this is what you should." <laughs> They're like, and they call you in front of the whole team. They're like, "Hey, Vanosa, what the hell is this shit? Oh, this you is don't... this is one on one fundamentals." How did you miss that or something like oh, that? Oh man, you don't know how many times my my offensive line coach looks yeah. will look at me square in the eyes because I'll sit in the front row, just look at me, shake his head and be like, yeah. "What the fuck were you thinking?" It's like there? it's like a Comedy Central roast. Oh, literally, but with zero comedy and more hurt feelings. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. <laughs> and then uh, after that, we will all go for dinner as a team. Mm-hmm. And then after dinner. We'll watch what we got to do for the next day. Yeah. We'll install our plays. We'll we'll do a little couple touch ups, and then after that, we have our the night to ourselves. But yeah. night to ourselves basically means go home, pass the fuck out. Literally, yeah. Where, if you want then, a good sleep, you, you're, you're up in bed. at uh, up at about six o'clock in the morning. The next day. And, and you were telling me before we started this, uh, you're seven days a week, right? Yeah, we're seven days a week. That's insane. Oh, it's crazy. And, and uh, that's for the next month. Basically. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. Up until, I want to say up until about August 26th, then mm-hmm. that's just before classes start, we'll mm-hmm. we'll have a bit of a lighter schedule where right. we'll... 
practice maybe have meetings and practice in a five-hour period instead of five hours of just a meeting Mm -hmm. and then a two-hour practice. Right. So as we get closer to the school year, it does lighten up a little bit. That's good. Still But man, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Oh, yeah. The dedication that you need to have is just impeccable. No kidding. The amount amount of some of my closest friends needing to, to quit just because they can't do it. No, absolutely. And I got to respect the shit out of you for sure because you're going into your third year now um, and then we have a lot of buddies that are playing at the next level that are around your age. And uh, the first two years, like especially at bigger schools, um, like I know Western's a big one like that, Queen's even, uh, even though their program's not as good, uh, they're, you know, they're not redshirting it, but they're like their practice squad basically, maybe they dress a little bit for the games, but like first two seasons like a lot of those kids aren't seeing any playing time and they got to keep up these crazy schedules workload all that kind of stuff just to get no playing time like oh yeah and especially crazy. Our, our buddy at queens yeah who's the the running back home oh, mm-hmm. he's a he's a talent one of the best players that i've ever played with oh, i can say yeah for and, sure and he he isn't even getting his starting reps right just be just because everyone there's so many guys ahead of him right he's still working his tail off i still see him in the gym i'll still yeah. see him running i'll still Still see him in his classroom, in his books, still right. kicking some ass at school too. So it's like yeah, the level of dedication is just it's oh, yeah. unfounded. And uh, the other thing too is just that, you know, I mean I don't want to trash on CIS, but like you gotta wonder what it's like at D one schools at the NCAA. Oh, like, it's it's totally different. You, I like I don't want to feed into the stereotype, but right in the in U sports, you're you're doing your own work. Yeah. You're it's not. You have the oh, resources yeah. there to help you. You have your tutors. You need. You have your academic advisors. Right. I'm telling you right now. I know guys that have gone D1. Yeah. Who have looked at me and said, "Yeah, I got people to do my homework for me." Yeah. Yeah. I don't do assignments. Why do I need to do assignments? I'm here for football and school second. It's not as much as uh, as a stereotype. Actually, I guess literally it is a stereotype. But it's like I mean, it's in movies and it's been documented as to like real shit has happened where these kids in NCAA playing D1 football, you know they. There are literally fabricated classes. I think it was like there was some language language cl- course, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I swear it was like Swahili or something like that. It was some random ass language, and all these football players were taking it, and it was just like there was like no red flags apparently. Oh, <laughs> um, one of my buddies at uh, U of T, mm-hmm. he's told me that there's a there's a course. It's Geology 101. Yeah. But what everyone calls it is rocks for jocks. Okay, because we have that at Western too. Yeah, Except it's it's one of those classes where all the all the football players, all yeah. all the athletes that aren't really doing well in school, right. get into it just so they can pass and keep their grades up. Right. We had that at Western, and uh, either I'm really stupid, or uh, I swear they changed. I, they changed <laughs> the curriculum. They changed the curriculum. I swear, and it got it got difficult that year. But um, I mean, it still ended up being like not too hard. Um, but shit, man, that's. That's crazy, that kind of schedule that you guys have to keep up. But they, they feed you and all that. What's the food like for that? Is it better than during the school year? Like, um, It's uh, it's tough to say because like I've, I've, I have lived on res and mm. it's all residence food still. How's the res food at Bishop's? You know what? Is it any good? It is good. I feel like it's because it's a smaller school. Oh, yeah. Let's you have, we have just... so much, we have so much time. Like, yeah. it's our, that's our only like cafeteria. Right. We don't, we have a Tim's on campus. We have a Quiznos on campus. Mm-hmm. That's just about it. And then yeah. there's the cafeteria. So and for those who don't know, sorry, Bishops is in Sherbrooke, Quebec. Yeah, so it's a small school, about what four thousand people, something like that. Not even. That's like that's, that's pushing it. That is pushing it. Yeah, like the community itself, I think has 
7,000 people at most. Right. It's super Cause small. Because Sherbrooke is the, the big city. We're in a smaller community named Lennoxville. Right. right. So Yeah. I, I, I toured there in high school, and it's a really beautiful campus. I, the way I look at it, I mean, because it's purple as well, the colors, but it's like you go to Western uh you flash back like 50 years or 50 to 100 years and you take a tenth of the size and oh, like yeah. it's kind of like that yeah. oh um, yeah absolutely yeah i can i can see that and by that like the flashback i mean just because like the architecture it's a really yeah. it's a it's, really beautiful campus it's stunning visually aesthetically yeah, it's, really nice. it's unbelievably beautiful and and the scenery around it too the eastern townships of yeah. quebec absolutely beautiful you're driving if you drive down the highway mm-hmm. you're you're surrounded by mountains for kilometers right. on end so it's it's just a beautiful location for yeah. a school too and then what's that they have the one bar right the lions oh the lion the lion pub that's yeah? dude that place is that's, nice that's a, a good it's a good, it's a cool it's a good i went there when spot. i toured it was nice it was a it's cool a good place. it's a good thursday night spot uh yeah. happy hour at the at the student bar called the gate on campus yeah and then after that, around 11 o'clock, you head up to the line for yeah. about 2, 3 in the morning. That's good times. Dude. Oh, man. Um, dude, I didn't even think about Sherbrooke as, like, uh, a place I was going to be for school. But I, I was considering it for sure. And it's uh, it's kind of like the campus is almost like a compound in a way, right? Because isn't it, like, just like a giant – it's almost like a giant square. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the classes yeah. are – you, you know the classic movie stereotype, oh, let's hang out in the quad? Yeah, it's yeah. like a giant our, our, quad. Yeah, it's that's literally it. We have our science building one side, right. our arts building another side, yeah. our library the other side, and then a residence building on the other side. And that's basically where all your classes are. Yeah, it's basically be. like one giant square with like a little bit of build-out around oh, it yeah. and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's so small. Right. I, can, I can walk from my apartment, which is about three minutes off of campus... Mm-hmm. To the far side of campus, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nothing. Yeah, the, the size is just absolutely nothing. Yeah. Now, what are you looking forward to most about this season for football? You think? Um, that one. Uh, that one's all about the performance. I think we uh, we as a team are looking forward to this season right. to get out there. Yeah. We've had some bad seasons. We've had our. I think this is our third straight, fourth straight one and seven season. Wow. So it's we've had we've That's had tough. we've had some tough times. Yeah. But everyone on on the staff as the players, we all have that that little there's something in there. There's right. we we feel it in the air. Yeah. And we think that these coming seasons are going to be very special. We you might, have the talent. It's just like about putting it together. Really. Absolutely. It's we have we just brought in a new OCDC. Okay. Both of them are fabulously brilliant minds. That's good, man. We're, a new coach can really can really shake it up. Oh yeah, and we this we're going into our second year with a, a new head coach. Okay, he's doing wonders with this team. He's okay. he's got us all dedicated. He's got us all bought into a new system, and mm-hmm. we're the whole team is ready. So, what are the teams you play against? Um, well, we uh we just made a switch into the AUS first. Our first season there was last season. Okay, because we uh because of how small of a school we are, mm-hmm. it's tough to compete against the Lavals who are bringing in sixty thousand students a year. And like Univers- just University big scholarships, like oh. doesn't Laval just kill it every oh, year? Absolutely, it's insane. Laval, sixty thousand kids. University of Montreal, fifty-five thousand kids. McGill, fifty thousand. Concordia, forty-five thousand. Um, and then University of Sherbrooke is the other one, and they still have ten thousand, fifteen thousand kids. Right. So a, a school of at most three thousand, it's it's tough to compete and recruit against those kind of schools. Big time. So we moved into the. Uh, 
AUS, mm. and we're facing Acadia, who has, I think, I, I believe, if I remember the numbers correctly, mm-hmm. between five and 8,000 students. Mount Allison, another five to 8,000 students. Does that 8, mean you'll be students. playing uh, Fencheck? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. Me, we actually, former, hopefully... Former teammate. Hopefully, I, I hope he gets the dress. They're coming to us on mm-hmm. September September 2nd, I believe. Yeah. On our move-in day, and right. man, I would love to. I would love to suit up against them. I'd love That's to cool. see him there. It's really cool to play against former teammates. Oh, absolutely! Because no matter what, at the end of the day, especially with him, yeah. we've played since grade nine. I've known him realistically my whole life. Right. And we've always just we've always been buddies, and I'd love to to have that game against him. And no matter what, at the end of the day, we will still be close. We will still be some of the closest friends that that we can be, kind of thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's really all I want to talk about about the football segment. I want to do a little bit of a pivot. Uh, it's sad because you're leaving so soon. I was going to ask you if you were going to any music festivals. Aren't you a big kind of like, I feel like, and uh, I mean, does it a little bit of a disservice because we're only on audio right now and I wish people could see what you look like. But <laughs> you look kind of like a boots and hearts kind of guy. You know big, what? You know, a bit of a big fella, <laughs> scruffy beard. You look up like a boots and hearts kind of guy. You know what? I'm not a big country music guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, put enough drinks in me. I listen to anything. I listen right. to to opera music if I need to. Right. But, um, yeah, I'd love to go to boot. I would have. I that's one of my goals in the next five years. Go to Boots and Hearts because yeah. I see how big the festival is. I see how much fun it looks like. Mm-hmm. I would love just to experience that for one year. I'm really impressed. Like I'm also not a big country music fan. My family is like just oh, so. I, oh. My family, my brother especially, and oh, my yeah. whole family just loves country music. And like I definitely will listen to it because I, I do enjoy it. I kind of only I'm a fair weather country music guy. Like I literally only listen to it in the summer oh, yeah. when it's like cottage season and oh, stuff yeah. like that. I don't listen to it in the winter you, or fall at all. You really can't. Like yeah. country music is made for sitting your ass on a dock, yeah, drinking a couple beers with your buddies, right. and singing along to to poppy country suit tunes kind of thing yeah it's just yeah it's just a real good weather type genre of music so i don't really listen to it as much but i'm just amazed at the like the quality of headliners that boots and hearts can get oh i know it's crazy like i've seen florida georgia line yeah. luke bryan and it's like just non-stop headliners yeah it, it like even the smaller acts are, are huge are huge like it, alan it, jackson isn't the headliner mm-hmm. he's still going yeah like what yeah. These guys are huge names in country music, mm. and they're not even the headliners. They're not even, like, closing acts or anything like I that. I know. It's it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on the train back today, uh, coming back from downtown, and uh, we passed through Downsview on our way by, and I was they, they've started to set up for Veld, which is this weekend. Um, I'm not going this year. I went last year. I had a really, really fun time with the boys, but, um, yeah, definitely not going. I didn't like the lineup this year. I You know what? I wanted to go to Veld when I was in grade 10, 11. It's a big high school thing. It's a it's a huge high school thing. Ooh. And you can't... Personally, I'm not a big fan of EDM. Yeah. But now that they're making it a rap festival, I don't... I like... I dislike that even more. See, I like rap, but I also don't really like... I just... I don't know what it is. Like, I thought... Because, like, to me, it's like... I would love to see an EDM and rap festival that really works out. But for some reason, when I looked at the Veld lineup, I was just like... Ugh. Oh, I, I know. Like, See, for me, I'm a huge rap guy. I yeah. absolutely love rap. All all type of rap I'll listen to. Mm-hmm. Veld, when I hear Veld, I don't think 
right. Waka Flocka Flame, well, ASAP even... Rocky, French Montana, yeah. all those guys. Isn't Migos supposed to be going this year? Okay, well, Waka Flocka Flame was was supposed to go like four years ago when I went for, to Veld for the first time in high school, and then like every rap artist ever, he gets held up at the Canadian border and doesn't get through anyways. Oh yeah. So they replaced him with somebody else. Iggy Azalea was there and like. Oh yeah, like, yeah. When who, she was, when she, when Fancy was a big. Uh... Who cares? <laughs> but, but who cares? Nobody cared. Um. But yeah, and then uh, Little Uzi Vert was supposed to come last year. Yeah. And I was freaking stoked. And then they replaced him with French Montana, which is like okay, but like I didn't end up seeing him. French Montana's always in Toronto. I don't know about you, but yeah. I've noticed. I've seen him like, re- he's headlined Rebel many times he looks like if drake and nab had a love child that was less talented <laughs> yeah that do like uh, that literally just yell <laughs> all the time <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah it's i don't i mean i do like unforgettable like that song with sway lee but i mean yeah. i'm not a big fan of his music but yeah and then migos came last year and i think they were all right but you know like, what i i saw migos last year as well mm-hmm. but i went to future tory lane's ASAP Ferg and Migos. It's they... funny you say that because everyone you just mentioned, except for ASAP Ferg, was at Veld last year. Yeah, because I remember that actually. Because yeah. that that uh, that concert was in May, mm-hmm. and I remember literally getting the Veld update mm-hmm. the day after. I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. these guys are gonna be back here in three months. Yeah, but um, Migos surprised me. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't as exciting as I thought they'd be. They're not great performers. They're not at all. They're really not. Like I, like I went and like me and my buddy just like obviously like sang along with all the songs and like I don't know joked around and all that in the crowd and had a good time. But it was kind of like at the end of it, I was like, yeah, I had fun, but like I don't think I would want to really see them again just because it was kind of like that thing where it was like, you know, I saw them. I can say that I saw them live. That's that fulfills my level of Migos interest. I I agree with that. Surprise performer from that that whole concert. Mm-hmm. Tory Lanes. I didn't see him. Tory Lanes, one of the most exciting performers to watch. I've really? heard sto- I've heard stories cuz he goes to Oshiega a lot. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories of somebody he crowd surfed. Somebody yeah. took off his shoe. Wow. He ended up on the other side of the crowd and literally on the mic he said Hey, whoever took my shoe, fuck you. Everyone beat that guy up. Oh and God. everyone went to that guy and beat the shit out of him. That's like it, it was like, That's cool. But that's scary that's too, that's too like, much. Really bad. To me that's too much, but like that's the kind of performer he is. He's always like shooting, jumping, doing yeah. this, that. And by the cool, other I mean like it's cr- cool is just the definitely the wrong word, but I mean like it's crazy. That he has that much influence and power, and also just like the total mob mentality that there that exists in huge crowds like that. Oh, absolutely! But like, oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah. I'm not about that, man. Also, I'm like, okay, call me a pussy, but like, uh, I will not step foot in a mosh pit ever. Not. About I mean, it. not about it. I mean, I'm, I'm what six one three oh five. Yeah. I can step in a mosh pit and lay a couple bodies, but I'm, to, to I'm both half your weight and half your height. Oh, so, so I'm like three yeah. foot, <laughs> literally one hundred, <laughs> one fifteen. No, 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 but like on, not too far off. Literally, I'm never stepping foot in yeah, a mosh no, pit. It's, that it's stuff's... like I I stay away from mosh pits because people in there are, dude, they're up. messed up. Like I look at it and it's like I'm gonna go in there, get body slammed or socked in the face, and then it's gonna ruin the rest of my day. I'm not gonna have a good time at this concert that I paid a couple hundred dollars to be here. I'm not gonna do that. That's stupid. Yeah, it's it's a waste of money. Yeah, actually. 
Have you seen the mosh pits, though, at rock concerts where they, like, flail their arms oh, and yeah. kick people? I'm like, oh, yeah. what the hell is that? Oh, man. It's like, of course, <laughs> of course, white people have the stereotype of dancing poorly. They have to fight poorly, too. They yeah. just, like, they oh, really, yeah. it's, so like, it's, like, cartoonish windmill arms. Oh, my God. It's I ridiculous. Saw, I saw one, and it was at, like, a Nickelback concert five years of ago. Of course it was. And, and, hey, don't talk bad about Nickelback. I, They're a Canadian treasure. You know, Rockstar, though, will always be a banger. So uh, I will say Forever that. and always. Hot take. Oh, Rockstar I, honestly, is a banger. Rockstar, how you remind me. Okay. That's when it... Yeah. When, no, uh, no, no. When they hit the actual... I feel that. Do you think, like, Photograph by Nickelback is, like, the Wonderwall of Nickelback? Mmm... Like, if anybody plays it, it's like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, because... But I mean, if anybody plays Nickelback, most re- most reactions will be, fuck you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nobody likes Nickelback, and I don't know why. Well, it's cool to hate. That's what yeah. it is. It's cool to hate. Yeah, but, really. But, uh, you know, and, like, it's kind of cool to hate Drake, and it's cool to hate, like, all this stuff. Um, but I stumbled across this meme the other day, and I sent it to all my friends whenever they say they don't like something that's popular. And it's just Kirby, like, you know, Kirby, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. little pink ball, pointing at a, a screen that says, disliking popular things does not make you an interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it so true. Oh, yeah. Um, but Actually, yeah. on that on that Drake topic, mm-hmm. did you first, first off, hear there's no Obi of this year? I just heard that recently. They're, like, that Drake and the Three Amigos tour mm-hmm. is, is the OVO, which... I'm really surprised what? about that's I'm really surprised about that because in the past uh, he's had OVO and then mm. three days later a real concert for yeah. for his I think it was I think it was three years ago for right. views. Yeah yeah. So I was I was shocked because I wanted to go to OVO this year. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Drake and the Three Amigos tour mm-hmm. they got pushed back, what, three weeks? Right. Because apparently there's a lot of border issues with with Migos. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, first of all, who I want to talk about? Actually, I'll say this. Yeah, Migos and like I said this in the last podcast when I went to see Post Malone, Twenty One Savage wasn't there. Like that's the shitty thing about going to rap concerts in Canada or going to festivals with rap artists in Canada is that fifty percent of them won't make it past the border because they all have like felony charges or some shit like that, and yeah. they just they don't come. Oh yeah, and they or they get held up with like they get held up at the border for like undisclosed reasons, but it's like probably drugs on the tour bus or some shit like most that. Most definitely, and like some of these guys don't. I I heard a story that mm-hmm. oh who was it? I can't remember the rapper. He didn't apply for a work visa. Okay. So he couldn't come into the country. Do you have to apply for a work visa to perform somewhere? Yeah, because technically that's work. Fair enough. Because that never even thought about that. Right. Yeah. You would have. You would never think of it. He didn't apply for a work visa. Couldn't go in. Concert got canceled. That's crazy. It but was, it, it takes forever to get a work visa. Actually, probably not for them because no, they, like, no. they have the most. They have like the best people working on it, and like obviously the country yeah. like wants them to come because it's more money for them. And, Absolutely, like, and like yeah. if you know you're gonna have a concert three months in advance mm-hmm. in Toronto, mm-hmm. you're gonna apply once you find out where you're, when your Toronto visit's gonna be. Yeah, but even still, like getting a work visa could take like a year in certain yeah. places. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Um but maybe that's just me looking at the US. It's really hard to to get a work visa in the US right now. Oh yeah. It's Spend, really yeah, well I had a friend who had it like they she like jumped back and forth like where she didn't know if it was getting revoked or like they misplaced it. It was just like a total shit show. Oh man, that's it was the crazy. Worst. I feel like, I feel for her. Yeah, it was a mess. Um but I was gonna say back to the Migos, who's your favorite Migo? 
Because Quavo's like mainstream. My favorite is Offset. I like Offset. Take Off. Take Off. Have you listened to his verse on the song Slippery? Have you listened to his verse on Bad and Bougie? Oh, wait. He got left off Bad and Bougie. Even though he got left off of Bad and Bougie? Yeah. Listen to the, the verses that Take Off drops. He is good. The, I will say he's underrated. I will is, say that. He's underrated. I, I personally think he's the best Migo. That's bold. Offset is good. Offset's so good. But Take Off can just take off. He's a... <laughs> like, it's a... Cheesy. It, he's, he's such a good, he's good rapper. I mean, they're all good. They're, they are all good. Yeah. Honestly, Quavo over... Segment from last week. Quavo's like overrated. Quavo's the Justin Timberlake of the Migos. Yeah, like from Insync. Yeah, absolutely. It's like there was a moment like two years ago where he had all the features on every song, and like Quavo or uh, Offset and Takeoff had like zero features, and I was kind of like, "Yo, is, is Quavo just kind of split off?" He he actually was like yeah. his solo album with Metro Boomin. Mm-hmm. He tried to split off. He got he he felt it huge when he had he was on I'm the One with. Cal- DJ Khaled yeah. and Justin Bieber and Chance. Great so song. he thought he thought that, oh yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Look at what happened. He's right back with Migos. See, it's funny you say that because I didn't even know about his solo album and that kind of just speaks about how he, I don't know if he needs the Migos, but like, yeah, they're better together, man. Yeah. At least for now. At least for it's, now. It's one of those things where they need to, they need each other to stay afloat kind of thing because yeah. even though they're each individually great, them together is what they are. Right. They, they're a group. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, like it's tough to break that group mm-hmm. up. And Offset's married to Cardi B now. Oh, well, apparently, okay, apparently, like their whole engagement, like public engagement, is was like a facade. Uh, they were apparently already married at that point. Oh yeah, I heard about that. They were like engaged and married in secret, and then yeah. I saw the, I saw the um, frick, uh, the uh, marriage certificate. And it's like, this is to cer- certify that so-and-so and so-and-so are lawfully wed or whatever it said. The two Harry Potter And I names. literally look at the names and I was like, I don't know who is who right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I actually but Car- don't. Isn't uh, Cardi B's like Bella Clavius? Uh, it's like the most random ass names that you've ever heard of in your entire life. They have the funniest names. And then you, you have to ruin the kid, their kid's life. By naming him Culture with a K. Yeah. It, it has to be Culture with a K. Of course it does. It's like, it's almost like it's an honorary member of the Kardashians at that point. Basically, <laughs> that baby is going to be a Kardashian. That's that's literally what it is at this point. Yeah, and celebrities have like just the dumbest names for the kids. Hold on. Oh, okay. I know. Hold on. Yeah, I'm looking at, okay, now it kind of makes sense a little bit. But even at the time I, of me reading it, this is what the marriage certificate says. This is to certify that... Kiari Kendrill Cephas, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing That's Offset. And Belcalis Marlenis Almanzar. That's Cardi. And I just can I, butchered can I, that. Really can I hard. just say something? If you said Cardi B's name properly, the lamp in your room would be levitating because that's basically a Harry Potter spell right there. Buddy, that is. Both of those names are not. Those are no onblo English. Oh, absolutely. No onblo those names absolutely that's a whole nother language right there oh yeah but yeah and then they name their kid culture just just throw a ring into the fire it, it was cult and he had a weird middle name too yeah it was culture something cephas yeah 
Where they just they, they took Offset's middle name or whatever. Yeah, something like know. that. Oh. Um, but we uh, we were talking about DJ Khaled because he's got a new song. Um, we were talking about I'm the One or whatever, and now he's got a new song called, uh, what's it called? No Brainer. No Brainer. With ju- basically the same cast. Literally the exact same cast. Minus, minus Lil, Wayne. Lil Wayne. Basically the same formula. Mm-hmm. Bieber on the course. Yeah. Quavo coming in to well, start. I mean, Bieber, Bieber's not going to rap. No. Well, hope to God he doesn't. I mean, we've seen that before. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but uh, Quavo coming in on the first verse, yeah. doing his rap thing, yeah. having a couple fun lines. Mm-hmm. Bieber back. Then Chance have his verse, mm-hmm. keep the mellow mellow vibe kind of going. Sure. And then Bieber just taking the last verse. And just all, all in like a poppy summer They sound very of... similar, but I will say it bangs. It Of course it bangs. It bangs. DJ Khaled has been doing well with these kind of songs Mm -hmm. i don't like i don't know if you've heard um grateful yeah some of the songs listen to the album some of those songs like shining with jay-z and beyonce Mm. that was like that was super yeah super popular that like i don't know if it was i i hadn't heard it was super popular yeah the people that i like my friends yeah i show them and they're like whoa like this is a good song Mm -hmm. yeah this is dj khaled this yeah. is like this was his first song off mm-hmm. this album. It's secured is a good song on Ungrateful. Yeah, I saw this meme that was like, uh, name uh, name your favorite DJ Khaled lyric, and someone was like, it's DJ Khaled. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> only DJ Khaled lyric. Yeah, literally. Um, but speaking of kids, we we're just talking about culture. Um, Cardi B and Offset's kid and uh, DJ Khaled has his kid Assad. 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 I'm looking at his Instagram right now. How many followers do you think this kid has on Instagram? He's by the way, he's one one and a half. His, his birthday's in October. Yeah. So he's one years one basically one year old right now. I'm going to say 1.2 million. Close, but not really. 1.9 million followers. So he has 2 million followers and he's not even 2. Basically. I have not even 700 and I'm 20. Yeah. And I think I'm a pretty funny guy. This guy has almost a million followers for every year. More than that, actually, at this yeah, point. Yeah, at this point he has you, more. Even if you do the math, it's more than like a million followers yeah. per year he's been on oh, yeah. this earth. And which is insane. Also, the bio says new music coming soon. Well, you know he's the executive producer on all of uh, Cal- DJ Khaled's music. Which is so ridiculous. But it's such a smart business well, move. Yeah, obviously. Like, it's now- smart for Khaled because he's literally setting up his kid for life. This kid will never have to... Well, I mean, he's just going to be combed to be in the music industry. Oh, uh, yeah. That's all it is. But, like, this kid will never have to work. No. I, I'm really interested to, like, flash forward 16 years from now. And watch this kid be like a young teenager in the eyes of the media. Because he's 100% will. I wonder, he'll he'll probably have, like, either he'll be a good kid, like Will Smith's, like, Jaden. Is it Jaden? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he didn't... He had a bit of a rough patch. Did he? He, Yeah, there, it was after, after he did the Karate Kid. After the Karate Kid? It was probably because of the Karate Kid. Yeah. Such a bad movie. He went, he went, uh, a little haywire. Yeah. And then... It's like, not as bad as Justin Bieber's. Oh, no. Oh, no. Absolutely not. But see... Social media, mm-hmm. huge. He he's already a huge mes- presence on social media. Look, one point nine million Instagram he has followers. Four hundred and sixteen posts. Like he doesn't. He can barely speak. Like this Instagram account must have ex- had existed the moment this kid was born. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I scroll all the way down right now and I see DJ Khaled in the freaking delivery room right now. Oh, I I'm pretty sure the first picture was with 
DJ Khaled and, and Assad in his arms, like, fresh out of the womb. Like, placenta still on him. <laughs> I'm scrolling all the way down right now just to find this. But yeah, this kid's going to be combed to be in the music industry. Never worked a day in his life. Like, hella smart by DJ Khaled. Because we were watching this interview with Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. And DJ Khaled explains that this kid's got his own lawyers. He's made sure that, um, like, he's literally listed as an executive producer on the albums so that he collects royalties on the albums. And DJ Khaled's songs just, they sell so hard. So this kid's making more money than I will ever make in my entire life within the first year of his. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what? When, but, like, can, let's let's be real for a second. Mm-hmm. The reason that DJ Khaled is the as successful as he is right now is mm-hmm. because of social media. If nobody, if he didn't have that, his Snapchat account where, oh, major key, lion, I'm on a jet ski where with LeBron James or well, I'm doing these stupid dance moves, he would not be where he is at all. Yeah. Because he, I've listened to DJ Khaled for a little while now. Mm-hmm. One of the, I think one of his greatest songs is We Taken Over featuring Akon, T.I., Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. That, that song is a banger. You want a song to listen to in the gym? Listen to that song yeah. because you are going to rep out a thousand pounds on bench press for ten times. Gets you amped, does it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And but nobody really knows about it because it was his it earlier days. Yeah. It was before he went on social media. Then goes on social media, releases major key. Right. Releases that album. Who who talks about that anymore? No one. Well, the cycle is so quick too. Oh, yeah. Like, stuff comes in, and then it, it's, like, literally, like, the uh, like the cliche says, or whether uh, either it's 15 seconds, or I think it's 15 minutes of fame. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much what it is these days. Oh, honestly, yeah. yeah. But see, like, he was able to take the 15 seconds on a Snapchat, mm-hmm. bank an album on it, mm-hmm. took a break, as soon as his son was born, used his son to promote... This album. He was really big. DJ Khaled's, I think, like, the peak of his Snapchat fame was, like, 2016. Yeah, it was. Say. But 20, it was, like... The summer of 2016, it was a, He was just, too. like, the king of the internet at that point. Yeah. Remember the song, I Got the Keys? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. song was being played everywhere. Yeah. 24-7. And everyone's, like, major key and all that kind of shit. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's using his catchphrases and all that kind of stuff. Man, uh, dude, I am really interested, though, to say this again. I I'm cannot wait for the reality TV... That will come when Assad turns like sixteen. You years already old. know DJ Khaled has a, a contract signed. I cannot wait. I will hundred percent watch that. Oh, absolutely! Because you're gonna see, you're gonna see for he's gonna be like that kid that sells DJ Khaled his shoes. Mm. Have you seen that guy? Yeah, yeah. He's I've seen that guy. Eighteen years old, millionaire because he just his buys. It's like Ben, right? Something, something like that. Something, something no, Jewish he buys. Guy. He buys DJ Khaled his shoes. Yeah. He finds the good, authentic dealers. Yeah, right. And get shoes. Not just DJ Khaled though. A bunch of celebrities. Yeah, a bunch of celebrities now. But he yeah. started with the with yeah. DJ Khaled. Well, it's because his dad's got the connections. But yeah. Like, yeah. But it's still crazy. Dude. I don't know, man. The life of a... I wonder what it's like, man, to grow up in the in the spotlight like that. I wish I knew. It's a lot of pressure. But uh, when you grow up in a mid-class household in yeah. Aurora, Ontario... Population like forty to 60,000. Yeah, there's there's not much spotlight around here. Exactly, exactly. Well, our spotlight was in 2013 when that uh, when that black bear got shot. Was that in Aurora? I that was in that, that was on Young Street by at Young and Wellington. That's probably why people think that Aurora is a farmland. Yeah, even though it's it's not. It's really not. It's it's expanding big time. Yeah, but I mean, it's still small compared yeah. to the cities and that kind of stuff. 
Dude, I don't even know what, like, I, I'm actually struggling to wrap my brain around the fact that this kid is an executive producer on DJ Khaled. It's so smart by him, though. It's, just, it's, it's a genius business move by, by him, just yeah. because now Assad yeah. doesn't need to worry about anything. Yeah. He's, he's set. Now, if he wants to, he can get into the family business, into music, into yeah. producing, into DJing. If he doesn't, if he wants to follow his own path, mm-hmm. he has money to bank it on. Yeah, it's like a small loan of a million dollars from uh, Trump. Yeah, except it's just that's Assad's money now. Right. Because it's so not, smart. It's yeah. so smart. I wish my dad did that. <laughs> yeah, I wish my dad could make that. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. And then DJ Khaled talks about how he has him in the booth with him while he makes music. Yeah. And he knows that, like, he knows he reads Assad's facial expressions and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, if Assad's like all smiling, he knows that's a pop." top 40 hit that's a billboard 100 and then he knows if he's making like a grimace face he knows that's a deep that's raw and like it's like <laughs> dude it's like it's just like he's one years old he doesn't man. even know what he doesn't listening. know what he's listening to and then he talks about how like the biggest blessing is when Assad either shits himself or throws up on dj Khaled. he's literally he's like yeah when i was working on shining and Assad he threw up on me and i just knew that, that 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 song was gonna take us to the top or some shit like that. I, I swear to God. I have a question. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with DJ Khaled? He's living in his own world. This is a problem with celebrities that they're so hilariously out of touch with like what the real world is. Oh yeah, uh, they they. You know when you look at your buddy and you say, "But it's your world. We're just living in it." Yeah. It really is just their world. We're just pawns. Right? They don't even know right? that we exist. Yeah. So it's like. You do what you want, but guys, you yeah. you do what you need to do. I don't have any effect on you, though, right? Dude, I don't... Oh, man. Honestly, this has been a good talk. I think I'm going to have to cut it right there because I don't have any capacity left in my brain. I'm too upset at the fact that this kid has made more money in one year than I will ever make in my entire life. Probably then my whole generational line will make yeah, in their entire more, life. More than likely. Yeah, but, you know, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. And uh, thanks for coming out, man. If you want to say any final words. Man, for, I just want to thank you. Like, I, ah, shut the this, this, this was a great experience. Like, yeah, okay. I, and I'm, you're taking this play, you're going to be taking this podcast to, to high places and I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh my God. Stop jerking me off. But thanks. Buddy. I appreciate it. I Buddy. appreciate it. I appreciate it. But man, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, Giorgio Venosa has been on the show today. He's going back to Bishop's University in about a week uh, to play some more football down over there in Sherbrooke, Quebec. Uh, do you want to throw uh, your Instagram handle out? People want to follow you. You want to? They want to see you shine on the football field. Anything like that? Insta- Instagram is uh, Giorgio Venosa. G I O R G I O V E N O S A. Yeah. Just type in. Italia, and then it'll come up. <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll see the Italian stallion yeah. playing some football out there. Yeah. Type in Italian, famous Italian people, and then he'll be like number four on that list. Yeah, I'll be yeah. I'll be behind like Sylvester Stallone, um, a couple soccer players. Yeah, for sure. And then probably a cook somewhere in there too. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then right below Mario the plumber, you'll you'll find him right there. Oh yeah, I'm just above Luigi though. Yeah, no, I'm right. I'm in that middle in ground. Middle not, ground. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit above Wario and Waluigi yeah. though. I'm I'm okay with that. Except you look like Wario. I uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm a taller Wario. We we both can agree on that one. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure. So thanks for coming out today, man. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll touch base a little bit later in the season. Uh, talk about some more sports or whatever that is. But uh, this has been Giorgio Venosa and Chris Down signing off for the Washed Up Podcast episode two. Thanks for showing up. 
and listening to us ramble about shit we barely even know what about. We don't know how to talk about stuff. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point, but we've been rambling for a little while now. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next on episode three. Peace. Peace.